Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. center of the galaxy this four center podcast feed and i'm cat napsack for another edition of star wars ranked me and a guest ranking things in star wars and we are continuing our most favoritous bestest lines in all the motion uh, motion pictures uh we have been uh, having just a ball going through all the movies and picking out 
our favorite lines. Some of them are lines that you would say they're some of the best of the best. And others are little tiny lines that mean a lot or things that we take inspiration and, and, and personal lessons from. That's why we're here for Star Wars. To do that today, and today we're looking at Solo, a Star Wars story, but here's Joseph Scrimshaw. Oh, I'm happy to be here to discuss our favoritest lines, uh, which I really like that turn of phrase. It's the holiday season as we record, and that sounds like the way some uh, little adorable orphan would phrase uh, the word favorite uh, in some Dickens story. This is my favoritest time of year, sir. It is indeed. More, sir. More Star Wars lines. Uh, we um, we are, like I said, are up top at Solo, a Star Wars story. 2018. Oh, Solo. Here we go again. Ooh, ready for some discourse, Joseph. Uh, <laughs> uh, overall, we have always really enjoyed this movie and what it brings to the Star Wars table. There's a lot there. And we say this almost in every Star Wars ranked, and it's not a lie because we mean it. I, I personally found this really difficult. There's so many lines, so many quotable lines, so many inspirational lines. There's just a lot going on in this fun movie. No? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you and I are both big fans of Solo, as I'm sure will come out uh, in this podcast. But this one was another real challenge between the lines that are just like, I just like the way that's delivered or that's a weird, quirky line uh, versus the uh, the Kasdan machine. Two generations of Kasdans <laughs> coming up with uh, witty little quips. Uh, and then there are just so many meaningful lines of like, yeah, what, what are the lines where like the heart of the film is contained in these lines? So trying to balance all that in a list of five with many honorable mentions was a fun challenge. Fun challenge indeed. And uh, for the most part, you and I, you, you and I could probably make a list off our memory going from the gut and then maybe confirm it with a, with a list article or something like that. I have found, even though I, I do look at some of the articles to make sure I'm getting some things right. I, I have to rewatch all these films. I mean, it's just a hazard <laughs> job. It is. It is. It's, it's so brutal. Like, yeah, I made my list for this one. And I had a couple like, oh, uh, maybe I'm, I, I get this fear that I'm forgetting something I really love. <laughs> yes. So then I watched uh, the majority of the film. I kind of jumped uh, around and I definitely did add some more to my honorable mentions. But for the most part, my list remained the same. So there you go. I spent some extra quality time with Solo. And hopefully that will show in our podcast here today. It will show. We work our way five to one. Of course, we're going to throw in some honorable mentions. We'll try to make that list uh, not its own separate show, but it's impossible at times when you're talking about these movies. Uh, we are going to begin our list, our look at the our favorite lines in Solo, A Star Wars Story with Joseph's number five. Yeah, my number five is, uh, you know, I really wrestled with where to put this one because it is one of my absolute favorite lines. It's got some flair to it, but it just really uh, shows character. Uh, there are so many lines in Solo that feel like, oh, that, that really sums up uh, like the big ideas of the movie. But one of the great things I love about this movie is it, it has so many great big ideas, but it is also just this absolutely fun uh, thrill ride with this character of Han Solo, this character who is young, hungry, and reckless. So that's where I wanted to start because uh, this line for me is one of the perfect Han Solo lines. It's not really written as a quip, but it just is Han Solo. It is uh, during the initial meeting with Dryden Voss where they're trying to make up for the lost coaxium. Uh, they're saying that it, it, there's where else are we going to steal or uh, find a coaxium? And Han Solo who should not be speaking at this meeting, he has been told <laughs> by multiple people, uh, just suddenly blurts out, what about unrefined? 
And I love the line because it is just the like the basic tension of the scene, the conflict of the scene of can we possibly come up with a way for Dryden Voss not to kill us today in this business meeting over appetizers? Uh, and everybody uh, from Kira to Beckett kind of letting Han know, don't speak. If you speak, you will risk death. Mm. So not only does he break that rule, but then he comes up with an idea that is kind of daring, uh, kind of uh, only half there, a half finished thought, <laughs> uh, you know, a desperate way to maybe win. This is the verbal equivalent of just running at stormtroopers in the Death Star of like, good thought, don't know how yeah. to finish it. Uh, and then the fact that it's just, it, you know, everything in this movie uh, runs on coaxium and it's meaningful. And this is yet another line that is just kind of hilariously meaningful of obviously unrefined is about coaxium, but it's, it's Han Solo. He is unrefined, right? So hearing him go, what about unrefined is almost hearing like you're hearing him say, what about Han Solo? Yeah. Yeah. The energy there, the reactions, it's a funny beat, but it's such a deep character moment. Indeed, I love how you connected to the charging after the stormtroopers. Everything about it, I, I just love the read. It just the like the whole time this meeting's going on, his mind is churning, right? <laughs> his mind, how do we how do we do this? How do we there's gotta there's gotta be, be a way to blow it up, as he says in Force Away. <laughs> it's on. And then it just uh, it isn't a Columbo and one more thing. It's like, hey, wait, what about this? Stop talking. Has anyone thought of this? I love the energy. That's a great way to start the list and to really pull from uh, who Han is at this time and who he is going forward. Absolutely. Yeah. So it is just a, I enjoyed it on first viewing, but when I watch this film again and again, because uh, I really enjoy it, that one just pops for me. So it had to be my first one, my number five. What about Unrefined? What about unrefined breaking up the business meeting of doom? Hey, I, <laughs> I respect and appreciate that. Uh, from uh, Joseph number five, we're going to go to my number five. And we're starting off with actually, this is everyone's while. Uh, Joseph and I like to cheat and squeeze a bunch of lines into one choice because it's a conversation. Uh, I'm going to go similar in, in a way uh, to your um, number five of just the energy of Han and the character of, of Han and how that runs throughout this movie as it should. I love uh, after they crash land on Savarine, having just escaped certain doom in the Castle Run. And here we go. I know a lot of people didn't enjoy seeing the Castle Run or didn't want to see it, or that's not how they envisioned it. And that's not exactly how I envisioned it growing up. I always thought it was just like a simple street race. <laughs> Someone <laughs> would drop in a flag and two ships are racing. But we got this version that we did. And when they crash land on Savarine, and Han is uh, uh, speaking to a, a member of the, the Severine uh, city there as they unload the uh, coaxia. I just did the Kessel run in 12 parts. <laughs> the guy ignores him, by the way. Just kind of like, sure, whatever, dude. Chewie gives a roar. And Han says, not if you round down. I love that exchange. I love that sequence. It got a good laugh the first view when I saw the, the film in. But. This is Han is a legend and we got legends and expanded universe stuff in Star Wars and we got canon. We always have that battle. But Han is a legend. Han is a story. And I just kind of love the, the reveal that 12 parsecs wasn't even exactly correct. And you wouldn't want it to be exactly correct because it's Han and you got facts. He's going to print the legend every time. And it just kind of is the energy of even this film to me and even the story of Han. There's so many versions out and there's so many great uh, legends, uh, EU Han stories that people are really close to and tied to and, and, and love. And I know you do as well, Joseph. And it's like, this to me, it almost acknowledges all of it. It's all true from Han's point of view. <laughs> and that's kind of the spirit of his character. It, it, he is, uh, he's not a put on, he's not, he's not acting. 
but he's uh, he's always Han Solo, uh, a legend in his own mind. And I just love this moment. Love the energy. A legend in his own mind. Yeah, this is a, one of the really successful uh, comedy moments. It builds the character, but it is so Han Solo, right? A legend in his own mind is such a, a great way to say it. Of like, he he wants to brag, right? There's always that 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 great uh, uh, energy between him and Leia in Empire about like, you know, you don't have to do this to impress me, kind of thing. You know, yeah. uh, that that he wants to sell people on himself. Uh, in the fact that nobody ever seems to really buy it or care. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> starting yeah. Uh, with this person on Severine, like great, good for you, right? There's that dynamic dynamic of Han always trying to talk up this uh, legend. Uh, there is the dynamic of Chewie always going like, "Really? Are you sure?" I mean, this this relates direct, directly to like, wasn't he a war hero? And Chewie being like, "Yeah," <laughs> in uh, Force Awakens. Uh, but the not if you round down, buddy. It's he. I love all of his energy here, right? He's he's yeah. so ha- he just kind of took his first step into the larger world, you know. <laughs> he really did. Of like, he goes through all these baby steps. Of he he escapes. He's on a job on the conveyor, right? He's he's in hyperspace. He's uh, you know he's playing uh, sabak. But this was like he took the wheel literally, right? Yeah. And yeah. it worked. He did something crazy, and it worked. Uh, and he's so happy about it. So there's like just kind of like this. It's not defensive. A lot of times you hear Han's legend uh, from a defensive point of view, right? And this right. is so yeah. proud. Not if you round down, buddy. But yeah, the way it then reverberates out, it's so perfect because this is the legend that he seems to be to care about, right? Yeah. That's what he, that's how he brags up the Falcon to Obi-Wan. This is extra funny when he's mad at Ray for getting the number wrong when his number was never correct to begin with. <laughs> So there's just layers and layers of stuff that's the um, the heart of Han Solo and the fun of Han Solo in this. Yeah, uh, you uh, touched upon too of just kind of where he has it in this movie. He's he's done some things okay so far, including the wonderful you know suggestion in the business meeting. He's got some wins, but to me, this is like Han's first victory like everything these big steps he's taken like you said his first step into a larger world and it's like look at this this is a great feeling i'm so happy and pr- i'm just chuffed han is chuffed in this moment <laughs> and i love everything about that and what it means for han here yeah i mean i love that energy when he's got his arm around lando and he's like looking yeah. uh, down at the beaten up falcon and this is just like everything he ever dreamed of you know yes yeah <laughs> I think, yeah, there's another part of it. Like, he's he's already done this. He's already, you know, oversold himself in that, you know. It, yeah. it, it, I think he's being honest when he tells Beckett, you know, I was boosted in Navy 21s when I was 10 years old and all that. But it, there's also this kind of he's stepping into to what he's been taught, right? When Lando gives him that kind of lesson of saying, everything you've yeah. heard about me is true. You know, yeah. he's living up to that. It's like, oh, you build your legend. All right, let's go. Let's do it. Let's 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 uh, make my LinkedIn profile seem bigger than it is. <laughs> yes, there we go. So that is uh, my number five. We're both starting this list with uh, true Han energy, which is a great way to look at this film. But now we're up to your number four. Yeah, well, we will move on there from Han patting his resume, which is really funny. Uh, to my number four here is uh, going to one of the lines that I think has a lot of depth, but I just also love the way it's phrased. Uh, I've talked about a lot on these uh, favoritist lines episodes uh, that I love the moments uh, where it's kind of down to earth charm like Han, but I still like the moments when uh, the dialogue is a little operatic and heightened, right? Because uh, it comes from pulp and adventure serial. Mm-hmm. So my number four is Enfys Ness uh, answering the question of what the Quaxim really is is worth uh, at the end of the movie. And she says, it's the blood that brings life to something new. 
not only is that just like a great turn of phrase, but to me, it, it really sums up the power of Coaxium in this movie. Uh, the Coaxium is set up from the very beginning with the uh, opening text, not the opening crawl, but the opening text of everybody fights for resources. And then we see all these different uh, people who are sort of imprisoned literally or just imprisoned within the system, uh, imprisoned by their own debts like uh, Beckett and Val uh, from Enfys Nest in the Cloud Rider's perspective. Uh, this is about literal, literal freedom from the, yeah. the empire, uh, not just buying their way out, but buying the power uh, to rebel. Uh, and for me, this is one of those, one of the things that I love the most about the movie is it is an absolutely great adventure serial about how this charming rogue Han Solo becomes this charming rogue Han Solo, but it is so invested in the time that he came into maturity, which is a time where uh, resources are everything because the empire is squeezing everybody and i think you know it's one of those places where i love when star wars is sort of real in its world building that resources are what makes uh the world the galaxy go around and whoever controls the resources has power and power equals freedom uh and this line to me is just such a great visceral way after we've seen all these different people want coaxium to kind of trade it for some kind of power for her to say it is a power to bring rebirth. <laughs> it, it is the power to bring life instead of death. That's what this coaxium is to me. This uh, this line to me is is the heart of this movie. And I've always felt this. And this was something coming out of our reviews that you just you, you, you love this line. And you love everything about it. I, and so I'm so glad you're talking about it here in this episode. Solo Star Wars story is everything you described, including the fun serial adventure. Um, but. I do believe Infus Nest and the Cloud Riders represent the heart of just what's going on in the galaxy, and it's a it's a window into the bigger picture, and that 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 uh, is this nice uh, thematic blanket over every other scene in the movie to me. Like it, it's a connective thread. I'll throw all these fancy rock critic words, you know, it's a connective thread. It's the heart of the album, but it really <laughs> is. And I point to this album, and I point to uh, point to this album, uh, point to this line, and I point to this character a lot in any conversations I have about Solo. Because it is everything. It is the the, the oppression of the empire. We, you and I have off, often used that phrase, the boot of the empire is on the galaxy in this movie. That makes them the big enemy in in many different ways. And the, the, the power that that represents, and it's all down to that coaxium, which I've seen in some reviews, I remember early on getting, I, I got a little grumpy, just people casting that aside as, you know, as uh, ah, just some MacGuffin and, uh, you know, and it is, it's a plot device in that sense. It's, it's what the they're after, but it represents everything. It represents everything. I was watching last night, just when Emphis and her cloud riders and they all pull their masks off and, and, and reveal themselves, love that scene, love. And it is all tied to that. It is what is really going on. And that's the world Han is in. And, and, and it's important for him to see it, important for him to learn it eventually. Yeah, exactly. And and it is, you know, for me, it isn't like, yeah, this is a wink and a nod to Han's going to join the rebellion eventually. Because right, it, it, yeah. it isn't about like canon connections. It's not, you know, explaining some minor detail. It is, this is the, he is coming of age in this era. Yeah. 
-hmm. And we're seeing all these characters who want the Quaxium for different reasons. The Empire wants it for control and power and domination, right? Uh, So does Crimson Dawn uh, or or personal wealth. And a lot of the characters we're following think it might turn into personal freedom for them, right? For Beckett and Val and Han, Mm -hmm. uh, it's personal freedom. And here's Enfys Ness going, you all thought I was like you and just wanted this for my own selfish reason. I want this to free everyone. Yeah. Yeah. It's big. It's big. It's why it's why we and so many other people love the character of Memphis Nest, but uh, a lot of what's going on with Solo. Great choice. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. So that's my number four. Number four. All right. My number four, I uh, am going to go to the character Val. Now, I, I can't mention the character Val without acknowledging a lot of the conversation around the character. Valuable, important conversation. We're still here, here about that. We're, we're, I even talk about it here right now. Um, um, I, 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 similar to like, say when John Boyega brought up a lot of the stuff about what was going on with him and, 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 and things he dealt with in front of the camera, behind the camera in marketing everything. I think it's important for us to be able to have those tough conversations about star Wars and want better for star Wars. and want star Wars to grow as it has in, in many ways, but as it still moves forward, but also I always want to try to celebrate the characters and I do really love the character of Val. Um, I really uh, understand everything about it, uh, including even the timing of the death, the death itself, mm-hmm. the actor um, playing it, uh, Tandaway Newton. Uh, uh, it does a wonderful job, it models the, the character after her mother, as she said. Hmm. Um, and, and I love everything about that. But I also understand coming out of the theater, you got this uh, you know, wonderful woman of color in this role. Uh, people wanted more and then she dies and she dies early. Uh, it, uh, it left you feeling empty. Uh, it, it left you questioning some things and there were some important conversations still around those, uh, uh, still around this death. There's important conversations to have, you know, that's, that's where I'm starting. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. And, uh, I'll, I'll share any thoughts that I have on that, uh, after you reveal your line. Yes. But the line I do want to say is her final line. Uh, it's been a ride, babe, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Number one, I am one of the ones, and I think we even touched upon in a recent, um, Episode four center. Give me uh, Beckett and, and Val on the run. Give me a Bonnie and Clyde <laughs> Disney Plus series, and give it with these performers too. I don't. I'm not saying young or younger. Like, give me them because uh, I love both of them as as, as performers. Uh, in terms of um, you know a, a, a death, I think it's a it's it's a it's a great final line to me in a lot of ways. It is a it is a uh, smuggler scoundrel kind of way to go out, almost going out in a shield. But it also represents to me a lot of the, that sequence. A lot of what that sequence was there for was to, you know, show Han in a way the cost of the life he's about to enter and and, and all those kind of things. And 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 again, uh, just the way the movie's set up, a lot of it is to to serve Han. You and I have discussed it as well. We'll continue to discuss that. Um, but I let, just love in this world where you could die with your shoes on <laughs> and die not by your choice. I love the power and conviction and almost peace that Val went out with in this moment. Um, whether she should have or not, we, we can continue to discuss. But you know what I mean? Like it's, I'm not saying it's Luke Skywalker, peace and purpose kind of level. Uh, <laughs> no. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But this is someone This is someone who, who knew the life she was in. She knew the costs. She was okay with it. And for me, in terms of uh, making choices and getting through life, that's something I take inspiration from. And I thought thought it was a strong uh, strong line for a character in this moment uh, itself. So I've always reacted to the line 
uh, and reacted to that, her part in that sequence um, in, in a personal way for me. So that's why I love the line. And I just also, again, want to still highlight that her and her contribution to Star Wars. Uh, and I think it's a it's a great character. So that's why it's my number four. I, I totally get where you're coming from with the uh, the concerns and the caveats and then also just wanting to appreciate what is there and the performance that is there. Yeah. Um, and this line is so well delivered uh, and I can see why you definitely want to include it on the list. I think there is uh, so many interesting ideas in it, right? That uh, Beckett is trying to give this perspective to Han that like once you're in this life, you're in it. You don't dance in and out. Uh, we, we learn at that little uh, late night picnic <laughs> bonfire that, you know, Val and Beckett truly care for one another and, and Beckett really thinks that he can get out and they can retire, right? They're just going to clear these debts. And I think Val's got that doubt. I think Val is just like this, this realist who is like, nah, uh, this, this galaxy is really rough. And, you know, maybe even uh, kind of agreeing with what Kira says later in the, in the film, this isn't about winning. It's just about staying in the game as long as you can. And a little that world weary, maybe cynicism, maybe realism, depending on your, your point of view, that she's like, this isn't some little fantasy. This isn't some little game that you can win. You just stay in the ride as long as you can. I'm committed to this life. And it's been a ride. Got to the end of it. I told you this would happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but I made my choice, you know, and I, and I think that there is like, there's, there is a great power in that line of like, I've never had any blinders on. I know this is the way the galaxy works. I'm committed to this life. And this is the way this life ends sooner or later. Yeah, for better or worse, here we are, and yeah, uh, yeah. What you're saying earlier about even like the 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 um, conversation about the uh, I'm, we're going to go to Glenn Song and I'm going to learn the Valacord. It's it's like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to retire and open up that uh, you know jelly business. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not. <laughs> yeah, this is a, a side tangent, so I'll keep it very short. But uh, when I was first starting to do shows, uh, I, somebody had given me a a calendar of old White Castle advertisements. Uh, <laughs> And uh, one of them said, just said, after the show, implying that after you go see a show, you should eat White Castle. This is from like the 40s. Right. Uh, and I eventually like it took that out of the calendar and kept it because I had noticed even at the very beginning of my performing career, I kept telling everybody what I was going to do after the next show when I had time. <laughs> and for me, it became this uh, just a very quick way to say like, oh, you know, there's always that next thing you claim you're going to do. But the reality is you're always in the thing you're doing now and you're never going to have quite as much time as you claim you're going to after the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, sorry for the White Castle sidebar. Um, the, the thing I wanted to say about uh, Val is, yeah, I, I absolutely love Solo with all my heart. And then it always does come with this asterisk of like, um this is a film that is unique in Star Wars right now because it's explicitly in service of Solo. All these other characters exist in service of showing who Han is. Uh, Chewie does. Beckett does. Everybody does. Uh, but then when uh, uh, when multiple women characters uh, meet uh, either death or, you know, we can really debate uh, Kira's fate, um, mm -hmm. that can be uh, really hard. And in particular, when it is, you know, uh, a beloved performer, one of the the first large roles uh, for a black woman in Star Wars. It is uh, it, it is hard, you know. Yeah. And I think there's there's no way around saying that that is a discussion. I always I try to listen to uh, multiple voices. I have heard people who say I actually really like this for this reason, and I try to uh, listen and respect and all that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for myself, this is Star Wars, and people come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I still think it's possible that. Uh, 
uh, honestly, a part of me just really wants every time I watch the film to go like, yeah, no, maybe she's got some scars, but uh, she survived that. <laughs> I mean, because for me, that cool. uh, sorry, go ahead, oh, go ahead. Well, you didn't see if you didn't see it, you didn't see it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> you know, she's not. Uh, as far as we know, she is not strong in the force. She's not staying alive uh, with her own hate, like uh, Maul. But you know what? Uh, she she could be have some scars. I think for me, the reason it's not just that, like um, me wanting to rewrite the movie. I think yeah. the thing for me is I think that's compelling storytelling that. Val would say, you know what? <laughs> I love you, Beckett, but I've been in this life with you and you you keep making choices I disagree with. I'm gone, you know? Right. Uh, and I do sometimes, I know that the impact is needed there for Han to get that this life is rough and it is, he, he sees Rio die himself. Uh, Val dies and Beckett loses someone close to him. I see the value of, of the story it tells to Han. But I'm also... I also feel like it would be fascinated since Beckett's always like, he can't trust anybody. (laughs) The woman who loved me just bailed, you know? (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, I'm with you on that there. I'm with you on that. And, and, and I, and I uh, like the intentions of, of the scene and the sequence, like I said, and I just think it also is um, part of this conversation is too, as as creators, as storytellers, uh, you, you have to be three uh, aware, 360 degrees around, around yourself with the story to tell and of, of, of the power of it and how you have that responsibility as a storyteller and, and, and the way in which you tell the stories and the way in which you deliver it is, is very important. And, and would that have changed what they do here? I don't know. I don't know. That's for them to ask uh, or ask themselves an answer, but I think it's, I think that's valuable too. Uh, uh, and that's coming out of the, like the premiere, that was a lot of the conversations right there on on the on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Talking about this moment. Yeah. So obviously, as always, we like to acknowledge on Four Center that, particularly when we're talking about something sensitive, that there are many opinions out there. We are sharing ours, and we're always happy to hear others. But last thing I'll say on this, Ken, is mm-hmm. we also do uh, on Four Center try to embrace the idea of engaging with what's there and good, bad, otherwise. Uh, that performance is there in the film. That character moment is in that film. It's a great moment and a great delivery. And I applaud you for just embracing what was uh, on the screen and enjoying it. <laughs> it's been a ride, Joseph. Wouldn't trade that. <laughs> no. Um, oh, but about no, yeah, no. And she's uh, she's a wonderful performer and has been for years as Westworld fans uh, already knew, but the world started to discover a little bit more. Uh, and I'm all for backward or forward. Give me those characters somewhere, you know, if they all survived, I don't care. <laughs> um, that's my number four. We're just really getting started and we're going to go to my, no, your number three, your number three. <laughs> uh, my number three is a, is a line that you can use if uh, you're unhappy with something in Star Wars, unhappy with something in your life. It is mostly for me a comedy line that I really like. Uh, so many great Lando Calrissian lines, but the one I had to go with is I don't like it. I don't agree with it, but I accept it. <laughs> uh, it's such a great, uh, uh, funny introduction to Lando of seeing seeing him from different perspectives, right? Yeah. Seeing him kind of from Han's eyes where Han's trying to go like, he's not all that. He's not as amazing as Kira says. And, you know, mm-hmm. we, the audience, do get to see him be pretty uh, amazing. You know, he's got tricks up his sleeve, literally. He's full of charm. He's easygoing. You know, he's in this world. He knows how to navigate it. Uh, but then from Beckett's perspective, he, Beckett sees through Lando's BS, right? Of, yeah. uh, you know, saying, no, 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 you're only going to get this cut. And 
oh, you're, you're going to try to play that. Oh, you don't know how that uh, fortified, you know, infraction restraint ended up on your ship. It's like, no, you're BSing us, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and Beckett calls it on him. But then we get to see this picture of who Lando is, which I think Han does absorb, is that he is, of course, charming. Yeah. So even in what is obvious loss, he just lost another 5% on his cut. He still tries to portray it as though he is in total control. That's what this line is, right? Of like, I don't like it. I don't agree with it, but I accept it. You know, (laughs) it's like, I want to say that like at the DMV, you know, when Mm -hmm. something is happening that is utterly beyond my control, but to make me feel like I'm still under control. Like, oh, I, uh, I got a parking ticket. I don't like it. I don't agree with it, but I accept it. <laughs> it gives you this great illusion of control and it's very relatable. It's, it's, uh, I, I, I love it because, um, everything you say there's so true. And it's about how Lando and even how you know, Lando's got, you know, he's a survivor. We've talked a lot about this, even in empire, where, you know, a lot of it's, um, you know, who do you trust? He's got to trust himself in this galaxy. He knows it. So there's some energy there too of, all right, this, this is a bad circumstance, but I'm going to survive this because that's what I do. And I love him kind of, like you're saying, telling himself, because this is my decision in this moment. <laughs> that's some great stuff. But the other thing on a, on a real um, performance level, love everything Donald Glover uh, does in this film. I want to be clear, but there were some moments around this. Uh, I remember watching this first couple of times, moments around this scene where he says a line or two, where I'm like, that was a, that was a different delivery for me. Like, I, I, don't, uh, I, I didn't know what he was doing. Like, not criticized, but I just was like, I paused in the, in the theater. I was like, I don't, I don't know. And then this line comes up and I was like, oh yeah, no, he's got it. Like he's, yeah, this, he's, this is land. This is amazing. And I love it. So I love this line for that reason too. It's the one that just slapped me across the face. Like stop Ken, this is Lando. Yeah, it is absolutely Lando. And uh, I always like to include, uh, you know, a few lines that, that I feel like other fans were like, these lines become fun because they make it into your normal day-to-day life. And, you know, I've seen people uh, tweet this in response to things <laughs> like, you yes. know, this book is being delayed. You know, this Star Wars book is being delayed and seeing people uh, tweet back, I don't like it. I don't agree with it, but I accept it. <laughs> yeah. So I like that it's in the uh, Star Wars fan lexicon. Love it indeed. Love it too. Good, good, good. Yeah, this could easily be a Lando quote fest as well. <laughs> exactly. But that's my number three. Number three. Well, I am, uh, I'm going back to the, uh, the, the train heist, the conveyance heist there. Uh, I didn't intend that actually. <laughs> I'm just thinking that of like, oh yeah, here we go. I guess I can't leave that scene. It's those range troopers. I just love their fur and magnetic magnetic boots so much. <laughs> uh, my number three line is from Rio Durant, of course, voiced by John Favreau. Uh, it's no good to die alone, kid. It's pretty direct. I, I don't even just need to spend a lot of time breaking down kind of what the line means and what it means for Han. And there's different ways to look at it, though. I, I, this was a line I was looking, uh, doing a little research on uh, to make sure I, I quoted it wrong. I'm, I'm famous for quoting lines incorrectly, as a lot of people know. Um, and some people, one article was like, oh, this is great because this line proves to Han that going back for Kira is is what he needs to do, and that is, is his love and attachment for her is is a good driving force. Which I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's I've not dwelt uh, upon that interpretation of a lot, but I, I like that. And uh, and also again, going this idea of just the loneliness of this life, and and then looking at the Val line again, looking at where Val is at her final moments, kind of kind of no regrets, kind of strong about that. Where Rio's just like. I've been lying to myself the entire time and yeah. it's, it's sad and it's tragic. And I thought it was delivered very nice. Uh, I do like the character real a lot. There's a lot of comedy, a lot of great moments, but 
Uh, I, I thought this is one of those lines where I don't take a lot of inspiration from it. It's haunting to me. I'm very happy to say I'm in a wonderful re- relationship with, with Grace. But there's a lot of lonely years in my life where I was like, whatever. I don't need nobody. And I, I think I would have needed Rio to be like, it's no good to die alone. <laughs> and unless that's your choice and that's where you want to be. Um, but that wasn't where I wanted it to be. So for me, this line would have been haunting. So uh, Rio, we miss you, buddy. We miss you. This was a great line. Yeah, I think I love that you included this one because, yeah, it would have been perfectly uh, effective if uh, this charming, uh, fun scoundrel of Rio Durant uh, died in front of Han's eyes. But the fact that he died uh, imparting uh, some wisdom, mm. in particular, that this is the opposite of what Rio had been saying, right? Because yes. he had been actively disagreeing with Val of like yeah. Val senses like, no, no, I, I know what Han wants. He's this is about a girl. Right. Yeah. And and Rio has you know, the great lines about like, yeah, many have tried to <laughs> bend me down, but it's not happening. Uh, and that just kind of false bravado. And then in the moment of his death, facing his truth, like Val is right. You know, everybody needs somebody. Uh, and to have them kind of drop that on Han and Han see the loneliness of, of dying alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think Han is very committed to Kira. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, this is more uh, about Han seeing the kind of the true danger of this life not just the death the physical death but the reality for your soul right because that Mm -hmm. that's sitting with him right from when he the controversial moment where he gets his name and he's Mm -hmm. like i don't have people right yeah uh and how much is his mission in life to have people or not is you know i think at the one of the other cores of this film yeah yeah absolutely i mean he's he's friendly with chewy he hasn't the the full connection uh, you know, I mean, they've showered together at this point, but you know, it's still growing. Everything's, everything's still growing in Han, and and that uh, even that connection, that drive towards Kira is is not uh, necessarily right for him, right? It's definitely not where his life ends up. Um, um, so yeah, I think you're right there too. Uh, there's a lot to it there. So ah, man, again, Rio. I need a. I don't have a. I just realized I don't have a Rio figure. I think I have to correct that. Yeah, I got my Rio three and three quarter. My my little solo family. Well played. Well. Played. <laughs> Well, that's my number three, which means we're up to your number two. Uh, my number two is a Kira line. And uh, again, a lot of great Kira lines. Uh, I almost just included the scream when she throws those grenades on Kessel. Uh, that's a great line. Oh, but this oh, is the. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I almost did. <laughs> I almost did too. <laughs> I just love that rage. She's, she's so sharp and so in control. And then when she gets the opportunity, like, let me show you how it's done, boys. Um, but the line I went with is uh, toward the end of her time uh, with Han. Uh, she has uh, told Han that she is just gathering up the, the jewels uh, so that they can start their life together. Uh, Han is leaving and she stops him, uh, following up on a conversation that they had started earlier in the film. And she says, smile. That's the word. Whenever I imagine myself off with you on some adventure always makes me smile. Uh I think this line is really important for lots of reasons, but it's really moving for me. Uh, I think on the interpersonal level, it it is really showing, I think Kira does care about Han. I think she Mm -hmm. thinks fondly of him. The more I watch this film, the more it feels clear to me that she has, you know, a multifaceted motivation at the end. She wants to clear Han of uh, being under, uh, uh, you know, threat of the red blade of Maul and Crimson Dawn in general. 
Uh, and she's taken this opportunity to move up the ladder. You know, if everybody mm-hmm. serves somebody, uh, she is done serving yeah. <laughs> Dryden Voss and is going to move up the ladder and get closer to uh, having more people serve her than the other way around. You know, I, I, for me, that's what's going on at the end. But this line is, uh, is her, I think, expressing something sincere of, I love the idea of being off with you on some adventure. That's really sweet. But then what's implied by this line is, but it's an utter fantasy, you child. (laughs) And you do not understand that. So it's a wistful moment for me. I remember back to who I was when we were racing to Coronet Spaceport. And she's got those great lines about like, we're not going to have to listen to anybody. And then her life experience leads her away from believing that. But Han has not changed. Mm. He still believes in that. He still believes in this fantasy of personal freedom. And that's one of the things that I love about this movie is it's not just that people are fighting to be free. They are fighting to believe that it's even possible, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Beckett and Val and Kira and lots of other people are kind of arguing Beckett has some hope, but for the most part, it's yeah, no, it's, that's not, that's not the world. That's not the galaxy. You're not going to be free and fly Mm -hmm. around in your own ship and have your little adventures. That's not the way this goes. It's a, it's a childish dream to believe you could even ever be free. So I love this line because I think it speaks of, of true uh, warmth mm. uh, to Han uh, and this uh, this very um, beautiful sense of what Star Wars is, of just whisking away on some adventure. But then it's also bittersweet because this character believes that's a dumb fantasy. Mm. Yeah, it's it's. This tragedy just dripping all through this line, right? It, it's it's classic uh, '40s, you know, almost film noir, you know, kind of uh, uh, character kind of vibe, which I know is a lot of a little uh, the Kira char- uh, character, uh, yeah, and and, and um, you know, Emilia Clark uh, brought so much more life to that than just a, a trope, but but I think it's there. So every time I see, it, even just the way that kind of sequence is shot, and and it makes me think of her looking out uh, uh, at Han and Chewie as the ship flies by. Like that's shot at like 1943 Hollywood for me too. Oh yeah. Um, A lot of just pain uh, buried into this wonderful line that is sweet too as well. I agree with you. Yeah, no, I mean, I I think uh, this is definitely like a, we'll always have Paris of like, uh, we had something, it was great. You think it can ever exist again, but I know the truth. It can't is uh, yeah. There's some great power to it. Yeah, and there's great power to Kira, as we know. Uh, I love that you highlighted that. Look, she 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 also has certain beliefs, but she also is going to move up that ladder and make those choices and make those moves. And uh, even the, the most wanted uh, um, a book that the, the that's tied to this picture even kind of touches on that kind of personality of Kira. Good at this stuff, knows this stuff. Um, I, I think it's all there, and that's why we celebrate Kira a lot around here. But uh, yeah, this this one breaks my heart, and uh, breaks me for Han too. Even though Han Han's got the love he needs right next to him in the form of that uh, you know uh, hairy friend he's got there, but uh, uh, and he's got good things coming. But it, it breaks my heart for Han too. Yeah, and I mean that's so great too of when Kira's saying you go go help Chewie. You know he needs you, and, and you're going to need him. So Kira Kira gets like yeah, you have found that uh, that connection you're looking for, but it's not with me. It's with the Wookie. Yeah. <laughs> you fool. Yeah. It is. Uh, you know, we are not the first to suggest Solo is a love story of Julian Hunt. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I just wish that there was a scene of them eating spaghetti together. Besides that, yeah. perfect. Uh, 
Yeah, so that's my number two, Ken. That's a great number two. Great number two. Uh, we are going to go to my number two, and that is a Han Solo line. Going back to Han, I allowed myself to go back to Han here. But this is not a line that I would uh, would have put down on this list if I hadn't sat down to watch this uh, movie this week. Uh, and I found myself connecting to something in the beginning of the movie, and that's when Han uh, was speaking, uh, speaking to Lady Proxima uh, and all the things kind of, you know, Falling down around him there uh, in his uh, white, uh, you know, his uh, uh, white rats uh, scrum kind of life there. Um, <laughs> when he says, I ran away with my life, I think that means something. That means something to me. Um, Han learns a lot of this, these movies, and there's some more we're going to talk about uh, around Kira and, and around uh, what Han thinks of himself. But this is one of those ones where I almost want to submit it as um, a defensive of this wild, crazy scoundrel who's just floating through the galaxy and uh, uh, turning away from uh, being a rebel. Uh, be all this. I, I think th- where he comes from and the life he has, and, and that's this is kind of all he has is his life. Mm-hmm. And so it should mean everything to him. It does mean something. He's going to fight for it. He's going to uh, survive. He's going to uh, be who he wants to be. There's great power in this line for me. Uh, up top at the beginning of this movie. And it's, again, always been there, but sometimes you just watch it. I, I don't know how many times you watch Soul. How many times have I seen Soul? It's, something's going to jump out at you. And uh, for for Han, who does spend a lot of his life running away, uh, needing to go back, having his heartstrings pulled, I guess I'll go back and help Luke. And <laughs> Yeah, these rebels, just give me my money. He goes through that all the way up into Force Awakens, as you and I have discussed, with, with Leia kind of needing to tell him plainly, go get our son. If you see him, um, I do like that. This is uh, this is something that's strong for Han early on, and this is a point of view. Hey, this is all he has, and this uh, this life, it's mine, and it means something. And uh, I love that for Han. Yeah, no, this is. I, I really like that you picked this line because I think this line is uh, funny. It makes me laugh every time. You know, the way he is kind of trying to sell it of like, uh, you know, look. I mean, he, obviously he's trying to lie to Lady Proxima, but saying like, look, uh, yeah, no, we, we we learned a valuable lesson that we can't trust those guys, and we did get away with something. Uh, my life, I think that means something. <laughs> and then just kind of like that. There's that great delivery where it's like the comedian reading the room, and you realize nobody's on board with you. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> like means something to me. <laughs> uh, so to me, it's a. Uh, a funny line, but it really is like it's it's kind of getting ahead of what Moloch is a in Lady Proxima are about to say of like uh, Quaxim is valuable. Scrum rats, you, you could you pick them up on the street all the time. Your life is yeah. not valuable. It is a not a part of this equation. Yeah. And it is Han really starting to push back on that. Like uh, my life is really literally all that I have. I will only have other things if I steal them. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know. It, it, you know, uh, it, it is, you know, the beginnings of, you know, I, I'm in, I'm in this for one person, me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, that, that kind of at this point, especially all he's got, all he's, it's got. all he's got. Yeah. So it's a yeah. funny line, but it, it has, uh, it has the beginning of that spirit of rebellion too, of like, okay, well, if you don't think my life is valuable, <laughs> yeah, I really got to get out of here. Yeah, and also, yeah, around this time is when that when uh, that uh, the old uh, the, the 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 street tough there, the, the enforcer is like whacking him with that uh, you know, stick, and he's yeah he stands up for that. So rebolt, rebolt. There you go, there you go, rebolt indeed. So uh, that is my number two. Although we're not done, we are going to come back with some honorable mentions and our number one choices for our favorite lines in Solo: A Star Wars Story. Stick around here for more Star Wars. 
Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to Star Wars Ranked Episode 135 in an ongoing series. And we are in a sub-series of that ongoing series looking at our favorite lines in the Star Wars <laughs> movies. And we are on Solo today, as you know. Thanks for listening. Uh, they're uh, looking at our uh, my list, looking at your list. Yeah, there's um, it's very hard to leave some lines behind. And deep, important lines, and also just funny lines. This movie has a, a great spirit to it. That's why a lot of people love it. So, uh, Joseph, hit me with some honorable mentions. 
Yeah, uh, a lot of mine were just kind of a flavor or character perspective. Uh, so one of the just lines of great uh, flavor, just that kind of a uh, uh, Kasdan family zing. Mm. Uh, I love it when they're at the party. Han and Kira have reconnected, and Kira says, "What should we drink to?" And Han says, "Let's drink to and see where it goes." <laughs> It's such a uh, a young man trying to be uh, clever. It's I, I just absolutely love that of Hans just trying so hard to be a grown up for his uh, yeah. his refound love who clearly knows so much more about everything than him. And he's trying to keep up with her. I love it. Uh, I'm pretty cool. Yeah. Nah, I mean, not really, but I love it. Uh, yeah, you seem to have power and control, but let me show you what I got. Quips. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, moving on uh, yeah. to uh, L3. L3's got a lot of great lines, yeah. uh, but the one I really like is the, I've found my true purpose, Lando. That's what I've done. I'm so glad we took this job. Uh, the, I'm so glad we took this job. I believe it was used in some of the trailers, so it's I think it's got a great rhythm to it. Uh, so I think it's one that gets quoted a lot, but um, I, there, there's a power to it uh, for me, not just an L3 story of, Oh, wait, if I believe in droid sentience so powerfully, I don't just need to, you know, uh, fight with people in bars about it. I could actually I could, yeah. act on it and that sort of revelation. But the theme, the the whole uh, film has such a theme of can you uh, free yourself and everybody being, you know, imprisoned. And even these droids kind of maybe not quite realizing. Yeah how imprisoned they are until she just starts letting them free and the HVAC droid is stomping on the yeah. control board. It, it, I think there's so much in this line for L3, but also just that spirit of rebellion. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, um, and I think sometimes lines that are, are in trailers can, um, can be said so much or heard so much that maybe they lose their effectiveness or something like that. I, I, I still love the entire sequence and just, yeah, you're right. Just the way she's kind of like, come on, droid, wake up removing your 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 restraining bolts are doing this and then all oh, hell that breaks loose it's great it's a great moment absolutely great uh another just quick line that i think is uh funny uh when the mud troopers are watching the battle between han and Chewie in the mud pit uh and they're upset that it is uh happening too fast and one mud trooper says kill him slower <laughs> oh stormtroopers yeah, just a great funny line. Uh, and speaking of funny lines, uh, my next one here is uh, one that's very easy to memorize for trivia contests. I am Oksana Florin, Deputy Assistant Administrator to the Vice Admiral of the Federation of Trade Route Allocation and Monetization. Uh, I know that this is uh, this has been uh, stated mm-hmm. uh, by uh, by Young Kasdan to be a little bit of a kind of joking poke at the way uh, the uh, the groups, the affiliations in the prequel sometimes didn't have the most uh, exciting <laughs> <laughs> uh, names, Trade Federation, Corporate Alliance, uh, Banking Clan. Uh, so I get that that is uh, hopefully in a sense of fun, yeah. poking fun at that uh, part of Star Wars terminology. Uh, but I also just like it from Kira's perspective of you, you see that Kira is down and able to kind of play these uh, scoundrel games, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the way that she uh, says it with so much just authority so that she is not questioned in that cape, in that posture. Yeah. (laughs) And almost just says uh, so many words that it is too much to even be processed uh, (laughs) uh, is uh, is so great. I just love it. 
Uh, no, it's a great line. Great, it's just a great look. That is just a, that is a, one of the best looks in Star Wars. I love her coming down that Falcon, that cape billowing behind her, and the, and the look. Everything is fierce. Um, and I also love in a movie that uh, there's a lot of you know uh, comments on uh, you know survival, rebellion, hope, freedom, and serving. And Kira's point of every title serves the next title, right? Deputy yes. assistant to the administrator, the vice admiral. They're all serving someone else. And that, uh, uh, in this moment, Kira, uh, uh, kept with that theme though. She takes some power for herself without a doubt. So I love everything about that. Yeah, it does. It has like the, the rot and the stink of, uh, of too much uh, bureaucracy. And I love that Quaid Tolsite has that kind of like flustered, confused take of like, yeah. <laughs> trying to process all the words. Uh, so do you want me to pause there and, and kick yeah. it back to you? Yeah, I also was going to say that's how you get into VIP sections. Just, just say this. <laughs> just say so many things that no one can question. Uh, I don't and have, have a cape. Yeah, I don't have that skill. Um, uh, all right, some honorable mentions for me. I mentioned it uh, a little bit ago, but yeah, next time somebody hits me, I hit them back. Han Solo, man, that kind of, that's that's Han. That's Han. He's had enough. I love that at the beginning of the of the, of the movie. Uh, there's a great little side when, when Beckett's trying to uh, put the uh, coaxium there in the in the uh, the hyperfuel in the Falcon. Uh, great sequence, a lot of tension. Just shut up and let me do this. <laughs> I'm taking that one with me the rest of life. <laughs> uh, let me do this. Uh, do you relate to that when you're trying to focus on something and you're getting a lot of feedback from people in the room? Yeah, yeah, I think I've, I've I, I, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm fiercely independent in a lot of ways, uh, codependent in others. But uh, you know, I have a little bit of that. Like, just, just, I, I, I don't. Just tell me what to do. Great. Got it. I'm going to do it. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Yeah. No, I, I think I, I relate to this uh, too, especially when it's just like a, it's a, you know, a dangerous physical task and everybody's giving you notes and thoughts of like, could yeah. I please concentrate while I'm doing the dangerous thing? Yeah, indeed. Uh, that, so I love that. Uh, Lando, you, uh, you, you had touched upon it uh, earlier, but it's such a, it's such a great line. Everything you've heard about me is true. Just the delivery and, and then I'm even questioning myself, like, how could I a few uh, minutes later in the film be like, am I, uh, what's going on with Donald? Do I love it? Like, this is, this is a great delivery. This is a classic Lando line uh, and just was nailed. I love everything about that line too. So it, it's an incredibly great uh, line. It's incredibly great delivery, but it is also just like we were talking about earlier. It's like, it's Lando being like aware of uh, the power of spreading your myth, right? Yeah. <laughs> Like, if you've heard it, believe it. And then the fact that that great line is tagged uh, by him saying, thanks, love, to a cocktail robot. Yeah. Uh, absolute yeah. beauty. Uh, another uh, real line I think we we have to highlight. Uh, it's it's hard to not include. A, I'm telling you, you'll never have a deeper sleep than curled up in a Wookiee's lap. I mean, <laughs> and, and, and I'm all, I, I still, again, want to be in the booth when Favreau saying Wookiee. And the choice, it's a choice because it's said and it's said two <laughs> times and it's in the film. Um, I just love that for, 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 for Rio as a character. It's just something that's just endearing. I love it. It's great. I mean, it, it is that, that flavor of like, I think why Lucas said, like, yeah, no, I'm not going to correct you. People pronounce names differently. Just go for it. Leah, Leah, Han, Han, go, fine, whatever. Uh, and it continues that uh, great uh, tradition, but with the pronunciation of an alien species name. Is that a Wookiee? Oh, I love that there. Uh, uh, one from uh, one more from me, and I'll toss it back to you. Um, going back to Lando, um, I haven't really had a chance to use this in, in life yet because if you use it wrong, it, it could come off as really disparaging. Um, you might want to buckle up, baby. 
I, I think that's a, I think that's great. You gotta be kids. It'd be very careful if you, you use Star Wars quotes. It could go wrong, but I like that line. Here's how I would use that. If I ever became a parent, uh, I would say that to my own actual baby while putting it in a car seat. You might want to buckle up, baby. And I would, of course, buckle up for the baby. I would yeah. not leave the baby to buckle themselves. Yeah, uh, a couple more for me. But what else? Uh, what is else on your honorable mention list, Dan? Uh, yeah, uh, this is not like a great line of deep meaning. This is just like a Star Wars nerdery line that I really like. It was uh, Maul saying, bring the ship and come to me on Dathomir. Um, we could go on and on about, you know, the surprise of uh, Maul's appearance, how much sense it made, uh, how much it might have confused uh, general audiences about the Star Wars timeline. Um, but it, it's, it, it is that that deep deep into the lore and uh knowing what dathomir is and it's just even if you didn't know what dathomir is it's such a great star wars planet name yeah right it sounds like a very uh scary place to bring the ship and come to (laughs) so for me it's just like it it, that gets me in my just like creepy the uh pulp the shadow you know dark vigilante kind of uh, a frame of mind that star wars has that mood of come to me on dathomir so i love that one uh, Dryden Voss. There's so many Dryden Voss lines I could have uh, included, but another one that always makes me laugh because it sounds like something he says all the time. It's a big part of his. Ha! Ah, I'm a fun guy hosting a party, and I am also very clearly almost always threatening you with every syllable that comes out of my mouth. But I'm. But we're just having a party. It's uh, when he's leading everybody back uh, to have the initial meeting. He says, "All right, let's eat a little, drink a lot, and talk privately." <laughs> great i just love that list he says it and it manages to sound really threatening uh but when you break it down it sounds fun i would like to uh, have that uh, be a plan for an evening with many people there's so many um moments with, with paul bettany as dread boss that are just like hilarious and he's a he's a monster <laughs> he's a monster <laughs> even even the colo clawfish and him taking the bites you know, I always make. I love Brad Pitt in every Ocean's Eleven movie. Always eating food. I, I love. I love little things like that. And just him, just kind of like, mm, mm, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I do want to see it because I might kill you. Mm, this is great. I really do, Han. Yeah, I really do. I uh, <laughs> love that. So yeah, I'm right there with you. That's uh, that's that's a perfect way to eat, drink, and party and do business. Yeah, eat a little, drink a lot, talk privately. I got two more. Uh, one is just absolutely fun. Rio Durant. It's when uh, they're at the the campfire bonfire. And it is coming up that uh, that Val thinks that uh, Han is in this uh, for a lady. And Rio Durant says, tell us about the girl, Han. Is she nice? Does she have sharp teeth? <laughs> it's a funny comedy line. But to me, it just it goes back to that kind of that heart of uh, uh, original Star Wars of this idea of from our human perspective, <laughs> mm-hmm. telling stories on Earth uh, where we don't get to visit alien worlds. It's fun to imagine alien worlds. It's fun to imagine an alien species. We're like, what's my two number one things I look for in a lady? Nice, sharp teeth. (laughs) Swipe right off if you like sharp teeth. Exactly. Swipe right for sharp teeth. That's the other great Rio Durant line. Final one for me is, you know, a callback. And I I understand some fans think there are too many connections uh, to other moments between Han and Lando and Han and the galaxy. But I love it at the end when Han wins the Falcon and says, fair and square, baby, fair and square. Mm. And I think if you stop at the, like, yes, that's the thing that he says that in Empire, I want it fair and square. Um, But what I love about it is we're getting towards the end of the film 
right at the end of the film, yeah. uh, when this version of Han Solo is getting fully formed. And what he's saying there, fair and square, baby, fair and square, is he's saying to Han, or Han is saying to Lando, hey, I learned partially from you mm. that the way to get by in this galaxy is always to look out for number one. And if the way you need to win is cheat, that's how it goes in the galaxy. Thanks for the lesson, Lando. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Take that, Lando. And as, yeah, as far as the callbacks, it could be a separate uh, deep dive podcast. I, yeah, I get there's a lot, and, and maybe some don't hit uh, as much as the others. But I, it's one of those things too where I'm just like, I have so much fun with Solo. I just, I love that. And tops, you know, if you've listened to Force Center enough, you all can even have fun with some of the phrases uh, Joseph and I might say over and over, just because not intentionally. It's just in our brains. So if Han's picking up something uh, here that he even says that he says it later, I'm sure he said fair and square many times in his life. I'm good with it. Yeah, yeah. I cheated fair and square, and I think that gives the line meaning. So that that's my honorable mention. Love it. Uh, a couple more for me to round out the list. Uh, uh, going to Han on uh, Mimban. It's their planet. We're the hostiles. Uh, mm. Just kind of saying uh, some truths, but also saying what Han's, what he views the empire as, even though he's in the Imperial army, like that's his view. He has no allegiance to them. He has no allegiance to necessarily the planet here and everything. He's off on his own life, on his own mission. And he's going to learn to get involved later on, but it's a truth. And it's also what's in Han's heart. And that's why he is, uh, you know, got a heart of gold that buried deep down there. It's these kind of thoughts and these kind of truths that are in him. So I've always liked that line too. Yeah, I love this one. You know, I had a hard time uh, uh, not including uh, Kira's line telling Enfys that he's going to help you. But I think this is in that spirit of like Han is out for himself. He's learning lessons in this film that says it's right to be out for yourself. But he's also like always, always there for anyone he perceives to be the underdog. Right. Yeah. If it's, you know, an orphan kid, uh, if it's a rebel leader or if it's a whole planet he's just like, you know, he doesn't like bullies. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so love that line. A couple more Han lines, and I'll close with some Infus lines. Uh, I, I actually enjoy, I'm one of the people who enjoys Han saying, I got a really good feeling about this. I, I love it, too. I love it. I, I get uh, why you might. I get might be too winky and, and, and nudgy for you, but I love it. Uh, and then um, similar to like that Beckett, shut up and let me do this line. I love uh, when he's uh, getting the 11 canisters of uh, coaxium up, but he says, I get it, guys. It's dangerous. <laughs> right, because isn't that when they're like listing the exposition about the <laughs> below 35 degrees and all that? And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and to me, that's uh, I almost, I mean, it really almost made my list. Because it is, 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 it's a lot about Han. It, I think about that Force Awakens stuff all the, all the time. It's like, it, so it's big. We, there's got to be some way to blow it up. How are we going to get to the planet? I, I'm not even going to tell you later. Don't worry. We're going to figure it out. Like, I just, it, it, I get it. It's dangerous. I get it. It's a, but we're going to do it. And that's Han. Yeah. This one has some rhythm with, hey, it's me. Come on. Totally does. <laughs> Totally does. Uh, final one, Sir Emphasis. I, 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 I almost heartbroken and disappointed myself that I didn't include an emphasis <laughs> on my top five. But you, you had what I really do believe is is the a, a big part of the movie's heart with that emphasis line you talked about. But I do love the character. I love Aaron Kellyman as emphasis, and I want her to come back in shows. I want an emphasis novel. I want to know about her mother. I want to know about her, her family life. I want to know everything. She's a great character, and the design you and I have talked about so much. We, we man, just love emphasis. Two lines. Uh, I'll start with uh, the more serious one. Uh, this is all during the, the reveal. Uh, we're not marauders. We're allies. And the war has just begun. Man, that can give me nerd chills if I'm kind of just uh, not expecting it. If I just got solo on and I'm just like, ah, let me tune in for this scene. I love this scene. It can move me. 
similar to, you know, hearing some the Radis and all the things I talk about in other Four Center broadcasts. I just really love the strength in this line, the smile on her face. There's a, there's a, uh, a sly smile, like, yeah, this is who we are. And um, there's a lot of pain behind everything that she's gone through and those people have gone through. But it's kind of like, this is what we are. This is the truth. And and we are just starting. I love, there's great power in that line. Yeah, the war has just begun. You know, uh, it's got some rhythms with uh, what Luke is saying on Crate in The Last mm-hmm. Jedi. It's it definitely got some Padme, some Leia spirit of like, we will not be, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, ignored. We will uh, make a difference uh, in this galaxy. Uh, but I think it's so, this line is so crucial to these big ideas in Solo of so many people are believing, uh, including Han, that everybody is out for themselves. So and don't trust anybody who says that they're not out for themselves because they're just trying to swindle you uh, fair and square. And this is Enfys saying, yeah, that's who you think we are. We're, we th- you think we're marauders, uh, but we're allies. The idea that we would reach out and help one another yeah. <laughs> is kind of a philosophical counterpoint to everything else that Han is being uh, sold. It is indeed, and a powerful line, but preceded by one of my favorite lines in Star Wars, because I think it's easy to use in real life, especially around Force Center here. It is emphasis. Upon the big reveal, this is a big reveal. The helmet comes off, and I I don't care if in the movie you thought, oh, this is the, you know, you you knew the twist was coming, and it was was, uh, Aaron Kelly and Planets. I don't care. This is a great reveal, and and it's a powerful reveal for a lot of things that Joseph just said with that Marauders line. But I love she takes a mask off and she's just like, I need a drink. And it's funny. It's it's uh, it's uh, uh, it's a heartfelt <laughs> under uh, frustration. I understand it. But I, I, I have great. I just love this line, Joseph, because I think there's great power in her just going enough with the masks enough with. And I know the mask means a lot to her, 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 her herself and her mother and everything. I'm not disparaging the mask, but enough with all this, enough of the pretense. I need a drink. We're going to talk about this. I'm going to tell you the truth because it's time for the truth. We've been living this truth. I'm going to share the truth with you and enough fighting. I just need a drink. We need to talk. I just think there's some great, just great power in that line as well. Yeah. There's still like agency and anger. Like she's controlling the situation. Right. But there's this tension, like this is going to be a blaster fight. Right. Yeah. Kira has that line about maybe we can compromise and doesn't need to be as much killing, but this is like Enfys being like, yeah, no, uh, we're not going to solve this right now with shooting. Maybe later, but right now, a drink. It is a de-escalation. It's just, yeah, because and, and Cloud Riders might win that fight, you know, you know, they're, they may be outgun them and everything, yeah, you know, but it isn't about that and that's not what they're about and just there's so much, yeah, just, just so there's, this just, this is just starts this sequence out and just leads to some of the wonderful things that we've been talking about with Infus there too. So anyways, love it. Love Infus Ness. We, we are very supportive of that character around here. Hopefully we'll get some more, but we're going to get to our number one choices for our favorite lines of dialogue in Solo Star Wars Story. I'm going to choose one, but it is part of a sequence and it's one <laughs> I've mentioned before, um, but it's just, I just, I didn't want to be cute. I, it needed to be my number one. Uh, I love everything about it. It is Kira talking to Han. It is the part of the the, the trailer exchange that was in the, in the trailer. Uh, mm-hmm. She of course says to Han, I might be the only person in the whole galaxy who knows really who you really are. This is after Han is said, you know, I, I'm, I'm this, I'm this, I'm the bad guy. Yeah. Um, an outlaw. An outlaw. And then he comes back with the, yeah, yeah. What am I? Because it's Han. He knows there's some truths about to be uh, <laughs> laid at his feet there. Uh, and he knows he's putting up a front, but it's, you know, it's not, he's not just totally fake. Like he wants that life. That's the, that's the power in that, uh, or getting his name for me. I know that everyone loves that scene, but 
this is life. And this is the life that he feels he's best at. And we, when we see him in Force Awakens, this is the life he goes back to. It's it's a constant struggle within him. And it's representative of a lot of our own struggles in life and who we want to be, maybe who we should be. But Kira coming back with, you're the good guy. It's not cheesy to me. It's not overdone. It's not saccharine. It's just the truth of who he is. It ties wonderfully to the most wanted novel, as I've mentioned many times, where we actually see uh, uh, Kira kind of learn who Han is firsthand in a series of events. But it's it's a great, just a great uh, um, uh, section of great, great paragraph two in that chapter by Ray Carson, where uh, Kira sees Han's actual goodness and how he treats her. And he sees, he sees her for her. And I always say that Kira, Kira, it's not some revelation for Kara, uh, for Kira. She's kind of like, Oh, this guy's reflecting what I, I know about myself, what I feel about myself inside because he sees that. And he's, he's the only one that has seen that he's a good dude. He's a good dude. And, and, and that leads to this conversation and, and, and you know, and, and Han needs to be, he, need, he needs to kind of be spanked, you know, needs to you know, get, slap, <laughs> whatever you want to say. I don't condone the violence, but just it, it, snap out of it, Han. But I also think uh, Joseph, there's, there's, there's her little, little rhythm with Leia of uh, he's got to decide that for himself. Like she's telling him the truth and she knows maybe in his head that some point he's going to get it or at some point he's going to understand it. It's not for me to drill it into his head. I've just got to tell him what I know. And that's maybe going to sink in at some point. There's a lot I love about the line. And this is the story of Solo. And I want to get too negative, but I was was at a party around the time this movie came out. And this is one of not even an argument, but it was one of the fiercest. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't get proud of, of when, you know, we all Star Wars fans might get a little grumpy and, and, and criticism or discussions about movies is not the problem. But sometimes there's just so many declarative statements that I'm just like, you're just wrong. And, and you've missed it. And someone at this party was like, a solo is so stupid. How stupid is Disney? Uh, and I'm, I'm pretty much quoting this guy here. How stupid is Disney? You know, they made Han Solo a good guy. But when we meet him in A New Hope, he's not a good guy. He's a bad guy. And I just was like, words words deleted. <laughs> You're wrong. You have missed New Hope. You have missed this movie. And you've missed Han. And I, I, I don't talk to that guy much anymore. I'm, by the way, this is after I said I need a drink and before it. So. <laughs> uh, I don't think it, but 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 I'm very protective of this movie as a lot of fans of solo art. I'm protective of this particular scene and sequence because of of the truth it is for 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 Han and 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 this is this is it. Han at the beginning of New Hope isn't a bad guy. He's this guy, a good guy going through the galaxy uh, because he values his life, he values his connections, and he doesn't like bullies. And he's not there for the Empire. He's not quite there for the rebellion because he doesn't quite. Uh, isn't ready to commit. He is uh, living uh, this life he thinks he's supposed to live, but deep down inside, this is who he is. So, anyways, I'll end rant. I apologize to that 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 guy. If you ever, I'll, if I ever run into him again, I'll apologize. Um, <laughs> I just love this line. You're a good guy because Han Solo is a good guy. Yeah, no, I so uh, uh, agree with your take on the film and your take on this moment. Um, there. I love it from Kira's perspective because to me, she is telling him the truth that he can't see or won't allow himself uh, to see. But it's also from her, like it's it's got that same kind of like wistful truth of like, it makes me smile to imagine off on some adventure. Like Mm -hmm. it's maybe not always going to go great for you that you're the good guy. It makes you kind of ignorant and in danger. And so I'll do what I can to protect you. Mm. But it's the truth that in your heart of hearts, you care about other people. And in, in particular, 
you care about people who went through what you did, who felt abandoned and alone and someone more powerful than them is treating them like crap and you struggle. You want to take in all these lessons that you have that the, the way to be strong and the way to keep yourself safe physically and emotionally is to be the bad guy, to be the outlaw, to be the guy who only looks out for number one. And you say that loud and proud and you say it most of all to convince yourself. But the truth is in your heart of hearts again and again, you turn back uh, for the underdog, for the orphan, right? That's who he is. That's why she knows he's going to help Enfys. That's why he literally turns around in uh, A New Hope to help uh, Luke and Leia and the Rebellion. That's why he, you know, uh, literally turns around on the bridge in Endor <laughs> uh, to be there for Leia. His instinct is to always go, ah, and walk away. But Kira knows that he's going to turn around again and again. He's going to go out on that bridge after his son, you know, because mm-hmm. that, that's who he is at his absolute heart at the end of the day. It is on, on Starkiller base. Our friends are in trouble. We got, uh, my, my friends got some explosive. Let's go. It's, it's Han. It's Han. <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm. And he's not all, we have plenty of Han stories where he, he doesn't, you know, listen to, to his gut. He doesn't turn around, mm-hmm. but Kira knows that's, that's who he is ultimately. And in the story of Han yeah. in Star Wars, those are the big moments where he turns around to help the the underdog it is indeed so that is my number one choice you're a good guy from kira to han but now we are up to um your number one choice from solo a star wars story uh my number one is two lines we've kind of mentioned them but i they just had to be uh my number one uh because i think about them all the time i think they are the real pillars uh that ground the movie in terms of what han is becoming there's so much in the movie that is about the state of the galaxy and coaxium as power and uh, people being imprisoned and longing for freedom. Uh, but for Han, trying to figure out what the galaxy is and who he wants to be, he gets a couple different messages. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets in that bonfire message, my, the first part of my favorite line, mm-hmm. from Val, everybody needs somebody. Mm-hmm. As much as Val is committed uh, to the the life of uh, the scoundrel and the rogue and the bounty hunter, she has this epiphany that we talked about a little bit Rio saying, Hey, Val was right. You know, it's mm-hmm. no good to die alone. Everybody needs somebody to get by. You know, she says even this uh, broken down old, old crook and mm-hmm. it has that passionate kiss with Beckett. So it's really being uh, demonstrated to Han of, yeah, I know you got, you got stuck with this name solo and now you're really trying to put your back into it. You're really, really trying to mean it. You're really trying to go through the galaxy, uh, believing that you don't need anybody at all, that you're just in this alone. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so Han's got that bit of, uh, life philosophy, uh, that he is hearing and seeing, uh, from Val and from Rio. But then there's this other line uh, where Kira is trying to break down reality of the galaxy to him and get him to accept it. Mm-hmm. And unlike Val saying everybody needs somebody, Kira says everyone serves somebody, Han. And I think everybody needs somebody. Everyone serves somebody, uh, Kira has kind of accepted this as her dark truth, you know, and I think she wouldn't say that cynicism. I think she would say that's realism. Mm -hmm. And then you work with that reality. And if everyone serves somebody, uh, I would like to serve the least amount of people and have the most people serve me. (laughs) Because if that's the rule of the galaxy, then I'm just going to try to make it as best as my, as I can for myself within the, that rule of the galaxy. And I think what's really great about these, these core pillars is they relate first to just 
big Star Wars philosophy, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody needs somebody is we're all in this together. That is, uh, you form a symbiont circle. That is, yeah, let's help the Ewoks and the Ewoks will help us. Uh, everyone serves somebody is looking at life as a zero-sum game. And in every interaction, there's a winner and a loser. You know, everyone serves somebody is uh, Palpatine manipulating Anakin and saying, the Jedi aren't any different than the Sith. Everybody just wants power. And the people who claim they don't want power are lying. Nobody actually wants to work together. Nobody actually believes everybody mm -hmm. needs somebody. So it's fine to just take what you want because everyone serves somebody. It's, it's uh, the, the philosophy that uh, I think Palpatine actually holds and is manipulating Anakin with. So it's these core pillars of kind of light side, dark side to me of everybody needs somebody. We're all in this together. Everybody serves somebody. It's a zero-sum game, so you might as well try to be the winner and crush the losers. And then yeah. from what this movie is about, Solo, the Han Solo story, is at this young age, we see Han kind of internalize both of those truths, right? Mm -hmm. He goes through most of the film wanting somebody. He wants Kira. He wants to go on this adventure with her. As we've talked about, it, it's Han wants this movie to be a love story about Han and Kira, and it ends up being uh, a romance about Han and Chewie. Kira knows mm. that everybody needs somebody from a certain perspective too, that she and that Han and Chewie need one another. Yeah. And by the end of the film, Han has kind of completed this. He, he has somebody to go through this with. He has Chewie. They both have their hands uh, on, you know, on the light speed dial. Uh, but then he's also really internalized the everybody serves somebody that you, you really always got to look out for number one. Everything is a zero sum game. Uh, Beckett's kind of this mentor and he seems to like me too, but one or the other of us is going to shoot the other on this uh, beach. So I'm going to shoot him first. Mm. And so by the end of this, you got this Han Solo who is, has kind of learned everybody needs somebody, but isn't really being honest with himself about it. And is focusing much more on the, yeah, no, you got to always look out for number one. So much like the whole film, it's this, uh, it's this kind of thrilling tale of how this charming rogue becomes a charming rogue, but it's also the tale of this uh, greater depth, this greater heart, this greater possibility for this character in this galaxy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't want to undercut this with something that sounds like a bad joke, but it's like if this movie's about the baking of Han Solo in the kitchen of Star Wars, these are the <laughs> two main ingredients that are going in that are going to be a war with each other until the very end, I would think. Uh, it's absolutely, like you said, he, he has uh, taken both to heart. Uh, he's just got to figure out which one's going to win in the end. Yep. Yep. And lots of fun storytelling uh, in between, which I would be happy to see. Uh, absolutely. And I, I, yeah. Um, yeah. And, 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 and yeah, this is, this is about the, the lessons for, uh, for Han and the film and everything, but yeah, two, two great characters. And I just, um, I, I, we, we love Kira so much as a character too. And, and just, uh, a lot of this wisdom from her to Han, a lot of it comes from a, a real uh, a pained and and uh, maybe even a little broken side. But it, uh, there's such power and insight in her, uh, and and uh, I love how she's uh, trying to thrive. And uh, you know the comics and everything now. Look, she's thrived as as best she can, as best she wanted in this uh, in this uh, situation. So more Kira and more insights from her, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. I would love more Kira, and I love how much her perspective is earned. She goes through a real awful implied hell, right? That great delivery of like Han saying, how did you get out? And like, I didn't. And then she just changes the subject, right? Yeah. Uh, it's so in control, but such an earned uh, perspective. 
But I think ultimately that's one of the, maybe the things that is so great about this film is even though Han wants to see himself as the outlaw and he's got his ship and he's got his buddy and he's going to get a job and he's going to be great. He's going to fly around having adventures uh, that there is this sadness to how much he has internalized. Oh, yep. Everybody's out for themselves, but there's a hope, right? Uh, Kira doesn't, Kira doesn't have hope. She doesn't have hope that this could ever be changed And Han in his like great bumbling, charming way always has hopes that he can figure out anything, even if he starts out with a dumb solution (laughs) and a half-assed idea. It's this kind of great, charming, roguish hope of like, ah, we can find a way. Yeah. Might be a dumb hope at times, but it's hope. (laughs) It's hope. And I'm saying that that's someone who sees himself in Han. That's what this film actually should have been called instead of Solo, a Star Wars story. It should have been Solo, a dumb hope. (laughs) A dumb hope. (laughs) Oh, but hey, you know what? It works. And this fun, silly, silly adventure, whip smart kind of movie that has uh, quote unquote smaller stakes compared to other Star Wars stories. There's so much depth in this movie. There's so much there. Uh, Joseph, I think your list really, really just uh, looked at all parts of the galaxy in this solo universe and, and brought it to the forefront. Thank you, sir. That's a great list. Thank you. Your list was amazing as well. Hey, we love doing this. It's Star Wars Ranked. Uh, we have got uh, one big movie left to go. Have you heard about this movie? A lot of people don't like some lines. A lot of people <laughs> love them. And we are going to go to our favorite lines of Rise of Skywalker very soon here on Star Wars Ranked. But thank you, uh, all of you, for listening here today. And you might have your own list. You might have your own choices. Come celebrate solo with us. Uh, do so by following us on Twitter. You can reach out at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram, YouTube as well. We have a Facebook page, Force Center Podcast. Uh, you can um, uh, get an audio book on us if you'd like to by going to audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Get some merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Podcasts available in a lot of different spots. We just made a big move over to Acast. We'll keep you updated on the uh, uh, what that means, it means you're going to still get us where you want to get us, but it could mean even more places to listen to the show, more things coming and more ways. So stay tuned for that. Uh, you could support us directly at patreon.com slash force center. I'm Ken Napsock. So you can follow me there at Ken Napsock. Go to my website, kennapsock.com. Comedy shows coming up in Washington, D.C. You can get tickets on that website. Joseph, where can they follow you? Yeah, you can find me on all the social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And for updates on all my various comedy adventures, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. Do it, my friends. Do it. We'll see you next time for The Rise of Skywalker. But for now, Star Wars has been great. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.